Here's the thing. I know I'm probably biased, but there was just something about toys in the 1980s. How could we forget the hysteria that loomed around the infamous Cabbage Patch dolls? How could we forget the release of Nintendo, a gaming system that took the world by storm? And how could we forget all of the bears that could be found on greeting cards, televisions, and shelves in toy stores? The 1980s were a very good time to be, well, a fan of said bears. With that being said, on today's show, we'll be taking a look back at some of the most memorable bears of the 1980s, including Teddy Ruxpin, the Care Bears, and the Gummy Bears. So, hop in your cloud car, pop in a cassette tape into the back of your audio animatronic bear, and don't forget your gummy berry juice. Here we go. Hello, and thank you so very much for tuning into the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast, a show inspired by and in memory of my big sister Rebecca and her love for all things pop culture, especially the people, places, and things of the 1980s, 1990s, and early 2000s. My name is Amy Lewis, and I am your captain aboard this pop culture time machine. You are tuning into episode number 53, Famous Toy Bears from the 1980s. Spring is most certainly here, so let's bring a few famous bears out of hibernation, shall we? We'll begin with the world's first audio-animatronic toy, Teddy Ruxpin. Ruxpin was created by a former Disney Imagineer who had previously worked on audio-animatronics for the company. For example, he lent his talents to the Country Bear Jamboree attraction by helping to carve their heads. Later, he would develop the half-audio-animatronic, half-human costumes for the show Welcome to Pooh Corner, which was on the Disney Channel. His name was Ken Forsey, and his company was called Alchemy 2. In addition to Teddy Ruxpin, which we'll get into in a second, Forsey also did some consulting work for Chuck E. Cheese. The design of the toy was quite brilliant, to say the least. Ruxpin had a cassette player built into his back. When the tape was inserted, Teddy Ruxpin would come to life, so long as the four C-sized batteries were all still good. His movements were coded into the right track of the cassette tapes, and the audio was coded into the left track. His mouth would move and his eyes would open and close. There were dozens and dozens of Teddy Ruxpin tapes created over the years and in many different languages. He would often start the tapes by singing, Come Dream With Me Tonight. He would also sing lullabies and tell stories about his adventures in a far-off land called Grundo. The toy was voiced by Phil Barron, who is a relatively well-known voice actor. In addition to Teddy Ruxpin, he also provided the voice for Piglet and Welcome to Pooh Corner, and various voices in Dumbo Circus, one of the creepiest shows I ever watched as a kid, also on the Disney Channel, one that will certainly be discussed on a future episode of the podcast. George Wilkins composed about 150 songs for the Teddy Ruxpin tapes. And if you've never heard of this talented composer, it's important to note that he is the genius behind the theme song for Horizons, one of the early attractions at what was then called Epcot Center. It is one of the most beloved and missed attractions in all of Walt Disney World. Yes, 
According to the creators of the audio animatronic bear, Teddy Ruxpin comes from a land called Grundo. He was born on the island of Rylonia. He is 16 years old, and his best friend is an orange bug named Grubby. He is friends with an inventor named Newton Gimmick, and he and his friends avoid an evil wizard named Tweeg. All of this innovation did not come cheap. Teddy Ruxpin cost about $70 per bear when it was released, which is over $160 in today's money. That being said, people were not afraid to shell out the cash because in just the first year of being available for purchase, Teddy Ruxpin earned $93 million. He was the best-selling toy in 1985 and 1986. Take that, Cabbage Patch Kids. Anyways, the toy was manufactured and marketed by a toy company called World of Wonder. Ruxpin was not only just a popular toy, it was also an important one to many children. Alchemy 2 once received a letter from a little girl who was dying of leukemia. She wanted to make sure the song, Will You Go to Sleep Before Me, played at her funeral. I know you're getting tired. You know I'm tired too. Oh. So snuggle up and close your eyes Let's sleep the whole night through The world is slowing down now 4C would go on to produce a cartoon called The Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin, which aired from 1987 to 1988. Come dream with me tonight Let's go to far off places and search for Oh, geez, a cartoon series following the creation of a popular toy? Who would have thought? Oh, that's right. There were similar stories just like this in the 80s all the time. The Popples, the Pound Puppies, and Pillow People. The Pillow People, which is one of the stupidest concepts for a toy that I've ever heard of, had a Christmas TV special, if you can believe that. How a hideous collection of tacky pillows with faces on them, no less, could have a story developed about them to air on TV seems impossible. TV tie-ins to toys were perfect because it was essentially a half-hour advertisement for the product. I can remember shouting to my mom while watching TV, Mom, can I please have a pillow person? To which she replied, What the hell is a pillow person? That sounds really stupid, Amy. Okay, that conversation never happened, and my mom, like, pretty much never swears. But envisioning fake conversations in my head often makes me laugh, and this is my show, so I'll do whatever I want. And remembering conversations from decades ago that did happen can sometimes make me cringe to this day. Does anyone else experience that? Anyways. In addition to the cartoon offshoot, there was also Teddy Ruxpin merchandise created for fans of the bear. There was wallpaper, sheets, beach balls, and one of my personal favorites, a lunchbox with a matching thermos. These were all created by Alchemy 2. Alchemy created not only the original Teddy Ruxpin, but also a little bopper, Teddy Ruxpin, which could dance along, sort of, to music playing out loud. He would move his arms around a bit, and I think his eyes opened and closed. I was fortunate enough to have one of these toys. I must have gotten it for my birthday or Christmas. I remember my dad filming me set him up on the carpet and then our humongous glass-encased Ankyo stereo turns on and Ruxpin performed a very anticlimactic dance. 
It has still pretty impressive moves, though, for the time, if you think about it. Worlds of Wonder didn't just manufacture Teddy Ruxpin, they also created a toy laser tag game which became incredibly popular and sold very well. Sadly, a 19-year-old man named Leonard Falcon was shot and killed by a police officer in Los Angeles. The officer had mistaken the laser gun for a real gun. Partnerships with different companies started to fizzle out, and pretty soon, Worlds of Wonder filed for bankruptcy. And soon, the assembly line for Teddy Ruxpin shut down. Alchemy had to let go of over 100 employees. Besides a whole bankruptcy issue, competition made Teddy Ruxpin less popular. Just as quick as he came onto the scene, he left it after just a few years. Teddy Ruxpin was only produced between 1985 to 1988. However, in that short period of time, 7 million Teddy Ruxpins were sold. And like I mentioned, there was a bit of a a demise with the popularity in Teddy Ruxpin because of all the knockoffs. There was a VHS talking teddy bear called TV Teddy. He came with his own remote. There was also Smarty Bear, who could answer questions proposed by kids, but his responses were pretty much stock phrases like a magic eight ball. His movements were not as advanced, but his eyebrows could move if he was connected to the VCR. There was also Wrinkles, the talking dog, who was more of a puppet than audio animatronic. As you can imagine, by the late 1980s, Teddy Ruxpin was basically a thing of the past. He brought smiles to millions of children all over the world in the 1980s, but by the 1990s, he was on the way out, if not out completely. There have been a few attempts to resurrect the Teddy Ruxpin brand, but none of them have ever been very successful. The most recent incarnation of Teddy Ruxpin came in 2017, where he got a brand new look, complete with blue jeans, a vest, and a more modern haircut. Sort of a hipster Teddy Ruxpin, if you will. The toy company that produced this most recent version, Wicked Cool Toys, was acquired in 2019, and as far as I can tell, they are not making any more Teddy Ruxpin toys. And trust me when I say, the demise of Teddy Ruxpin is not Wicked Cool. It's actually wicked sad. See what I did there? On that note, let's move on to the Care Bears, arguably the most famous bears of the 1980s. These lovable furry cartoon creatures came to life as a result of a collaboration between American Greetings and Kenner, the toy company. They wanted to develop a teddy bear line. It was a perfect marriage for Kenner, who wanted to get into the plush toy genre, and American Greetings, who wanted cute, colorful characters they could put on greeting cards. A cartoonist by the name of Dave Poulter designed the hearts and rainbows found on the bears' bellies, and artist Elena Kucharik developed the sketches of the adorable bears. It was a match made in heaven. After throwing around a bunch of ideas, ten bears with a specific color like yellow, green, blue, etc., and an emotional tie-in theme were settled on. There was Bedtime Bear, Cheer Bear, Friend Bear, Grumpy Bear, Good Luck Bear, Love-A-Lot Bear, Tender Heart Bear, Wish Bear, Birthday Bear, and Funshine Bear. In addition to having a symbol on their bellies, each bear, at least the plush ones, had hearts on their butts, sort of like Cabbage Patch dolls and the Xavier, I think, McDaniel signature. Some people wear their hearts on their sleeves, and others, like the Care Bears, wear them on their butts. The Care Bears greeting card line debuted in 1981. American Greetings would go on to print over 70 million Care Bears greeting cards. In 1983, at a toy fair in New York City, the Care Bears made their debut via a Broadway-style stage show with the help of Strawberry Shortcake. Merchandise went on sale in March of that year and immediately sold out. 
Later, the Care Bears, the Land Without Feelings, a TV special, aired. And, like clockwork, shortly after the debut of the Care Bears and greeting cards, they got their own plush line, television series, and even a movie. Within the first five years of their debut, the Care Bears generated $5 billion in revenue. The premise of the movies and TV specials were that the bears lived in a giant castle in the sky and they would often go out on missions of caring. They would watch humans down below via a large telescope, which is, you know, not creepy at all. And when they discovered someone in need of help, they would fly down in their cloud car and try to help. The Care Bears had one of the best theme songs I can remember from my childhood. I think my sister would agree. The Care Bears were often able to defeat evil and villains via their infamous Care Bear stare. The colorful crew would all line up next to each other and would focus hard on caring and all of a sudden the designs on their bellies would illuminate and then light and love would shoot out of their bellies, reaching the people or situations that needed love and caring. Wait, we have to care all together. You mean use? But care care stare! The what? You need to be taught a lesson about caring. Care Bears, get ready to care. Prepare to stare. Stare there! The Care Bears movie premiered in 1985, and a sequel, Care Bears 2, A New Generation, was released in 1986. By 1988, 40 million Care Bears had been sold. And merchandise wasn't just limited to the plush line, of course. There were Care Bears, tin canisters, lamps, small figurines with a carrying case, breakfast trays, which were really big in the 70s and 80s for whatever reason, bath toys, and even wrapping paper. I think we also had a Care Bear sleeping bag. Perhaps your family was like ours in that you ate at Pizza Hut occasionally and collected their glass Care Bears cups. We had those for years. Thanks, book it. Anyways. I know me and my sister definitely had Care Bear stuffed animals. I'm pretty sure I had Cheer Bear, which was a pink bear with a rainbow on its belly. And I think my sister had either Bedtime Bear or Wish Bear. There have been many incarnations of the Care Bears in 2002, 2007, 2013, and most recently in 2019. Apparently, caring never gets old. Our last group of bears from the 1980s in our discussion will be the Gummy Bears. The television series was allegedly inspired by former Disney CEO Michael Eisner, whose son requested some gummy bear candy one day. Apparently, there was just something about those primary colored gummy bear candies that made Eisner think to himself, you know, if only there was a television cartoon where gummy bears would come to life in a medieval setting. Said gummy bears could then concoct a magical potion that would allow them to bounce around like crazy. I think I may have my next million dollar idea. And with that, the idea for Gummy Bears was born. And on September 15th, 1985, Gummy Bears premiered on NBC. The memorable theme song was written by Michael and Patty Silvershare. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and fearless. 
friendly with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. I mentioned that's beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. The show followed the antics of a group of anthropomorphic bears who are the last remaining bears of a once great civilization of gummies. They lived in an area called Gummy Glen in a medieval land called Dunwin. The Gummy characters each had their own distinct personalities and roles on the show. There was Tummy Gummy. He was a teenage chubby bear who was focused on food and eating. He's also an artist and gardener. He is easily convinced to get into trouble, typically with Cubby Gummy. And speaking of, Cubby Gummy. He is the youngest Gummy of the group. He wants to become a knight. He is a bit of a troublemaker at times. He is close friends with a human named Cavan, who we will touch on in just a moment. There was also Augustus Gusto Gummy. He was stuck on a deserted island for 10 years. He was brought to Gummy Glen by Tummy and Gruffy, but he opts to live behind a waterfall, but occasionally visits Gummy Glen when the weather is bad. Sunny Gummy is one of the only two female bears in the group. She is best friends with Princess Kala, who we'll touch on in a second, she is very curious about humans and their interests like fashion. Sounds kind of like the Little Mermaid. Anyways, Gruffy Gummy is the leader of Gummy Glen. He likes to do things the old-fashioned way. He likes to keep the old civilization's technology alive by maintaining trapdoors and the like, which help keep the ogres and humans at bay. Zummy Gummy is the keeper of the Gummy Wisdom, but he is very forgetful and clumsy and has a hard time casting spells correctly. Cavan is a human that the bears befriend. He agrees to keep their identities in confidence and helps them unlock the great book of Gummy. The book has a lot of valuable information about the old civilization in it, like magic spells and such. Princess Kala is, well, a princess. She doesn't want to be a princess like her dad wants her to be. She's kind of more of a tomboy. She also befriends the gummies like Cavan and is close friends with Sunny Gummy. Grammy Gummy, she is also an elder bear who wants to also keep tradition alive. She takes care of the group via cleaning and cooking, and she's the only one who knows the recipe for gummy berry juice. And guess what? I, too, know most of the ingredients for gummy berry juice, so listen up as this message will self-destruct in 30 seconds. You will need six handfuls of red berries, four blueberries, four orange berries, three purple berries, one yellow berry, three green berries, and a few other secret ingredients. After combining the ingredients together, you first have to stir slow to the right, then slow to the left, and then bang on the pot to get out the bubbles. And in case you didn't know, gummy berry juice is special because if the gummy bears drink it, they temporarily can bounce really high, which helps with getting away from people and villains who are trying to capture them. And speaking of villains, most episodes of the show revolve around the gummy bears trying to not get discovered by humans or be bothered by Duke Sigmund Igthorn and his angry army of ogres. His right-hand man, or ogre, is named Toadwater or Toady for short. He is the smallest of the ogres, however, he is the smartest. The Duke and his band of ogres are often trying to steal gummy berry juice because it provides temporary superhuman strength to the humans who drink it. After shifting TV stations to run episodes on, the Gummy Bears came to an end on September 6, 1991. The show seemed to be pretty popular. It was shown in many countries abroad like Japan, Germany, Poland, and France, but all good things must come to an end. That being said, you can now watch all the episodes of the show on Disney+. 
You know where you can find me the next few Friday nights. All of this talk about bears reminds me of one of my all-time favorite Onion articles, which I'm going to be saying here in a second, which is not appropriate. It's adult humor, called My Teddy Bear Collection is Fucking Great. If you are an avid listener of the show, then you will know how much I love The Onion and referring to applicable articles based on the topic of the show. And if you aren't an avid listener of the show, or if you're not familiar with The Onion, it is a satirical newspaper that pokes fun at pretty much anything from celebrities to health tips to politics. The article was also one of my sister's favorite articles. We used to read it to each other all the time and laughed about it until we cried. Please note, just like I just said, that there is some adult humor and language in this article, if it wasn't obvious from the title. And just like with other shows, I'm really not able to read this for whatever reason in my regular voice. I'm really trying to channel the picture of the woman who wrote the article, who is, of course, not a real person, but looks like a woman stuck in the 1980s. I have no voice actor training or anything like that, but I feel like she'd be kind of nasally for some reason. But anyways, here we go. And this is called My Teddy Bear Collection is Fucking Great by Brenda Flom. You should see how many fucking teddy bears I have. I just can't get enough. Shit, the last time I counted, it was up to 150. I've got most of them in the bedroom, but I can hardly fit another goddamn thing in there, so I had to start putting them in the living room. I've got all different kinds of teddy bears. I can't go shopping without falling in love with a new one. Everyone always says, oh shit, Brenda, here we go again. But I tell them to mind their own fucking business because I love my bears. I've got the plain old cute little brown teddy bears with big eyes that say, pick me up and hug me. I've got all sorts of bears dressed up like firemen and ballerinas. I've also got one that's a businessman in a suit and glasses with a button that says, Teddy R for president. It must mean that fucking cute-ass Teddy Ruxpin. I've also got this huge-ass bear I won at the Green County Fair last summer. It took me an hour at the dart throw to win it, but it was worth it. It's got the best fucking paws. I started collecting teddy bears when my aunt gave me one dressed up like a nurse for graduation because I told her I wanted to be a nurse someday. But then it turned out that if I wanted to be a nurse, I would have to go to college and shit. Now, I just work at the pick-it-up. It fucking bites, but at least I got my bears. My favorite bear is a little adorable one wearing a little black leather jacket. On the back of the jacket, it says, Tough Teddy. Is that the cutest fucking thing or what? Joe sometimes takes me around in his Harley, so I want to get another Tough Teddy. Joe sometimes takes me around in his Harley, so I want to go get another tough teddy to bungee cord to the back of the seat. I'm not going to put the one I've got on there, though, because it would probably fall right off and land in the goddamn mud. Teddy bears are a bitch to wash. If you put them in the washing machine, their eyes always get scratched and their fur gets all fucked up. That's why I always tell the kids, don't touch my fucking teddy bears or else. When Brianna was two, I had a bunch of stuffed bears in a big round wicker chair in the living room of the trailer, because the bedroom had a leak. So one day I was at the neighbor's trailer having a few beers, and when I came home, Brianna had the whole goddamn chair knocked over, and my teddy bears were everywhere. She had the Hawaiian hula bear in her mouth, and she was chewing the goddamn plastic flowers right at the neck. Christ! I tell you, you can't leave a two-year-old alone for half an hour without a problem. After that, I learned that if I wanted anything nice, I better goddamn well keep it out of the fucking kid's reach, for Christ's sake. Recently, I started collecting teddy bear figurines, too. They have some really cute ones at the Hallmark store. I was showing my girlfriend Tanya my roller skating bear figurine, and she says, You better start collecting something smaller. Pretty soon, you won't have room for yourself in here anymore. So I say, You're not fucking kidding. The other day, Sheila, this fucking bitch I work with at the Pick It Up, started talking about this bride and groom bear couple she said I'd die for. She said the brides even got a little veil that her ears stick out of. Now, that sounded adorable. And if Joe and I ever get hitched, I figure we could stick it on top of one of Ma's chocolate sheet cakes. So I asked Sheila where she got the bears. And she just says... I don't know. Real smartass-like. So I say to her, tell me where you got the fucking bears. And she just smiles and says, I forget. 
That fucking hoe bag. I wanted those fucking bears. Why would Sheila give a shit about them anyways? I've seen her sad excuse for a teddy bear collection. She's got some of the ugliest fucking bears I've ever seen. All these goddamn crocheted things that aren't even fuzzy for shit's sake. Who'd want a stupid scratchy ass teddy bear like that? Finally, I couldn't stand her goddamn smirk anymore, so I grabbed the collar of her pick-it-up uniform, got about an inch from her face, and said, Where'd you get the bears? All the while, I've got my LA gear high tops pressed down on her toes, which are sticking out of the girly-ass sandal she's wearing. Just then, Mr. Schumacher comes out of his office and sends me home for the rest of the day. Fuck it, I said to myself. I knew I could beat the info out of Sheila anytime I wanted. Fucking bitch, Christ. On Sunday, I went to the Adorables Unlimited over at the North Lake Mall, and sure enough, the bare wedding couple was right there on the shelf. It sent me back a shitload, but they were too fucking cute to pass up. The groom is wearing a little top hat and tails, and he's even got little black shoes. When I got home, I put them on top of the TV instead of saving them in the box, because I don't think there's going to be any goddamn wedding if Joe doesn't stop hanging around the pit stop tavern every goddamn night, letting all those fucking waitress sluts paw at him. The bride and groom bear couple even come with a little red carpet to unroll and put them on just like a real fucking church. They're so fucking cute. Brenda, I couldn't agree with you more. Bears are fucking awesome. I hope you've enjoyed this look back on some of the famous bears of the 1980s. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who grew up during this time that isn't familiar with at least one of these bears or groups of bears that we discussed. I found so much material that I had to stick with just three bears or bear groups to focus on. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Please tell your family and friends about the show. Tweet about it, post on Instagram, Facebook, so on and so forth. I hope you'll join me for my next show where we'll be discussing some obscure toys from the 1990s, including Beanie Babies and Furbies, among others. Until then, be kind, be safe, and hold on to your memories. Teddy bears are a bitch to wash. If you put them in the washing machine, their eyes always get scratched and they're... (laughs) Oh, God. So I say to her, tell me where you got the fucking bears. And she just smiles and said, I forget. That fucking hoe bag. I wanted those fucking bears. (laughs) Who'd want a stupid scratchy ass teddy bear like that?